that was cool. And that, that kind of shows the power behind uh, connecting with someone and, and, and doing right by them and doing what's in their best interest. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, AAA Adams. And today I'm particularly excited because the topic that we're going to be sharing on the podcast today with Will Harvey's help is something that everybody needs to know. It's something that some of us forget about and others, others we're like, hey, we, we crush this. But I think that the way that we're going to dive into the subject of really connecting with people is going to help those who are already good to open their mind to a, another couple of things or to realize that they need to go a little bit more. And those of us who don't try to connect with people uh, are going to say, no wonder I haven't been successful because I haven't been doing what Will Harvey does. Uh, Will Harvey has been in real estate since 2016. He was a, an incredible mortgage officer. And the reason why he was so successful is because he connects with people. Now, most of the people listening to the show happen to be apartment syndicators. Most of the people that listen to the show are trying to raise private money. They're trying to convince a broker to give them the deal. So connecting with people really is going to uh, help us to be able to get those deals from the brokers, get that money from our passive investors. So without further ado, Welcome to the show, Will. How are you? Hey, I'm good, Adam. Thank you so much for having me on here. I appreciate that intro. I I, I think you overdid it a little bit, but I, but I, I do appreciate it. it. I overdid it. <laughs> I overdo everything. Some people call me melodramatic. I when when I get a headache, it it, it ruins my day. It oh, ruins yeah? my day. And when someone smiles at me, it makes it just changes my day for the better. So um, you're like a zero or a ten. There's no. I'm a between. zero or a ten. <laughs> right. You got it. I'm a two or an eleven. Right. That's I'm a two to eleven. All right, Mr. Will Harvey. There's a few things about your background that I haven't yet shared with the listener, and I want you to think about for for apartment investing and or for connecting with people. What parts of your background or your history uh, really relate to today's subject? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, got, I got into the mortgage business, as you alluded to, and I think that's really when I cut my teeth and, and it's the whole, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, he wrote the book, um, what I, I can't think of the, the 10,000 hour rule. And um, that's kind of when I got my 10,000 hours under my, under my belt. I started, I remember the first person I, I ever met with um, I met them in their living room and it was nerve wracking and I prepared, I did all this stuff. I printed out that they were consolidating debt. They were refinancing and consolidating debt, paying off some credit cards, doing a, a cash out refi. And I remember that I was just petrified to go meet with them. So, and, and I was only, I mean, I'm only 26 now, but I was 22 at the time and I went and met with them. I had all this stuff prepared. I had all these like charts and graphs and this is why you should refi. This is why, um, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I just realized that 
after that meeting and then a few more, I just realized that to get people to, to do business with you and to get people to buy into whatever you're doing, they just have to, you have to connect with them and they have to like you. I mean, that, that really is the biggest piece, you know, and, and one of my mentors told me that if somebody likes you, if you can give them a reason to like you and, and they grow and, and they trust you and, and all that, they'll find a, a way and a reason to work with you. So that, that was huge when I was, when I was taught that and it really shifted my, my thinking. I saw so many guys in the business that were, you know, it's, I, I hate the whole, <laughs> I hate the whole salesy thing. And, and everyone um, does, everyone yeah, exactly hates it. We don't know that, but it, it really rubs us the wrong way. I think. Yeah. But, but, but so many people try to, it's like, it's like, how do I, what, what do I say, what are these questions I need to answer their objections? I'm like, forget all that. You just need to connect with people and you need to show them that you're going to be a good steward and that you're trustworthy and, 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 and all of that. It's as crazy as it sounds. Like I said, I'm not in the mortgage business anymore. I had somebody reach out to me today. And as we record this, he reached out to me today and he said back in 2017, I told him he reached out uh, he was referred to me by a financial planner and uh, he, he was looking into doing a refinance. And I told him that I looked at his rate. I looked at what it would cost to do the refi. And I told him that it just simply, you know, it, it kind of made sense, but not really. And I advised him not to do it. And, and I would have made good money on it. Um, but he ended up, he really respected that. He was, it was really refreshing to him that I gave him good information and didn't advise him to do something that's, uh, not in his best interest, or maybe only a little bit in his best interest. And today he reached out three years later and um, he, he was just saying, Hey, you're the first person I reached out to. And, and uh, it's, it's because you, you know, gave me good information back then and, you know, we're, we're trustworthy. So I wanted to see if you're in the mortgage business and obviously I'm not. So I referred him to somebody I know, but, um, but that was really, that was, that was cool. And that, that kind of shows the power behind, uh, connecting with someone and, and, and doing right by them and doing what's in their best interest. That resonates. That resonates a lot. Thank you for sharing that story. I really yeah, appreciate it. Um, Will, you are 26 years old as we're recording this episode and you've, you've accomplished a lot of cool things. And one of the notable things is you own uh, you're part owner. You've partnered in um, some student housing and a couple of apartment communities as well. I think you have uh, like 500 plus residents, 500 tenants that are paying rent every single month. Uh, do you think that your ability to connect with people, at, even at a younger age, um, do you think that's part of why you have these 500 plus tenants paying you rent every single month? Uh, absolutely. Because our, our group, CEO Capital Partners, when we got into this, we had some immediately immediate success. We, we were brought in and, and as, as co-sponsors with somebody else and on, on their deal. And we immediately, I had some guys that I knew from the mortgage business. I knew a lot of people in real estate, uh, realtors, and I went to those people and just would sit down with them, show them what we're doing and, and I just would connect and tell them, this is, this is what we, this is what we hope to do. This is why let me, and I was, I, I made sure to really educate myself prior to doing that and was just very open, very transparent, very non, 
non-salesy and I was just like, Hey, if you're interested, we'll add you to our list. And as deals come up, we'll, we'll shoot them over to you. And, and sure enough, once, uh, once, you know, the first deal came up, I, I had some investors come in from that. And I think it, I think it was, um, I think it was a hundred percent because of, of, uh, how I was able to connect and some other guys in our group, same thing. You know, they had, they had guys that tr- knew, knew them, liked them, trust them. And that's how we were able to get into those, into those deals. Perfect. Thank you for going into that. We're, I have sure. three things on my agenda now. So just as I've spoken with you a little bit, I've, I've, I've built these three things that I want to make sure that we address and we can just address them in order. And the first one that I want to talk about is just CEO Capital Partners. Just how did you come to be? Um, who's on the team? Why are they on the team? And the second thing that I think is going to be really important is going into basically how do you connect with people okay so we've we've really talked about why it's important we've talked about some of the benefits that you've got but i really want, just want to dive into the how do how do we connect with people better okay um and then the last thing that i think is really important is to to bring it all together and talk about you know how ceo capital partners is 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 connecting with people and how will harvey is connecting with people and specifically um, how that's helping you with brokers. So I just want to talk about within like the apartment investing industry, how you're raising more money. You've kind of shared that a little bit more a second ago, but also furthermore um, a little bit about how it's helping you with brokers, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start. start. I have a really horrible memory. So I think the first thing you asked is uh, how did we form CEO capital partners? Is that right? Yes. Yes, Okay. So I'll, I'll start with that. Um, so, so CEO capital partners was, was started. I was, um, I actually knew a husband, husband and wife. We had done some business together. And when I was in the mortgage business, they were uh, real estate agents and I was uh, talking to the husband one day and he's telling me about what he's doing and some things he's investing in. I was like, well, let's, let's get together. Cause I want to tell you what I'm focused on and what I'm trying to do moving forward. And it was multifamily real estate. I had started educating myself and, told him, I was like, you know, this is, this is why multifamily is so cool. You know, economies of scale, the tax advantages, yada, yada, yada. And we ended up, uh, his, his, his wife was more, um, was more introverted and she didn't want to, she didn't want to be the face of, of the company or be out, you know, meeting brokers or anything like that. Whereas that was my skill set. So it was this perfect, perfect yin and yang scenario where, um, where I would be the one out meeting brokers and she would be, uh, underwriting them or at least doing the, the main, the main underwrite. And we, we did that for a while. We're trying to find deals and it eventually, if, uh, shortly after that I was at the gym and I see, uh, Stuart Dukeman, who's the head guy of CEO capital partners. And I went to school with his son he coached me in little league football and I saw on Facebook that they were doing some, uh, they, they were looking for apartments as well. They had been posting about that. So I went up to him I was like, Hey, Hey Stuart, long time. Uh, or I think I called him Mr. Dukeman. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hey, Mr. Dukeman, long time, no talk. Uh, you know, I see you guys are, are going after apartments and we connected and ended up getting together a, 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 about a week after that. And 
then they got a, we, we kind of went our separate ways but remained in touch they ended up getting a deal uh under LOI and they brought me and those people I was talking to you uh, that I was telling you about they brought us in and we were going to um to, I believe we we're just going to do it as a JV. So we were all going to put some money in and all have a role in the, in the deal. And that deal ended up, uh, it was a 48 unit in Newport news, Virginia. It ended up not closing because there was, um, it was, it, we found out even before it got under contract, which was really good, saved a lot of money. We found out it was zoned as a motel. So mm. we obviously pulled the plug on that one. And right after that happened, everybody was kind of thinking it. And then I think Stuart said it. He was like, we worked really well together, even though this never closed. We worked really well together. Why don't we all just, why don't we all just merge and form a new company? And that's how uh, CEO Capital Partners was born. And the whole idea behind the name, that was, that was Stuart's doing. He's, he's been in business for 30-plus uh, years and very, very successfully as a temporary staffing company. And he realized at the last recession about 10 years ago, the importance of being diversified. All his eggs were in his, the one basket, which was his company. And they got, they got rocked. He got hit pretty hard and he, he is, is pretty open about that. And uh, after that, he just realized the, the need to uh, diversify a bit and, that's where the term CEO Capital Partners, that's where the idea came up, where we help, uh, we help busy executives and business owners create passive streams of income for themselves. So, uh, so that's the idea behind CEO and, and kind of the, the mission there. Thank you for going into yeah, that. Absolutely. Second part that we want to touch on is how do we become better at connecting with other people. So do you have some tips, tricks, strategies, steps? I can, yeah. So I can just share what has worked for me. I've never really given this a ton of thought. I've never um, really dove into the psychology behind it or anything like that. I'm sure there's some people a lot smarter than me who could give uh, better answers. But what's worked for me uh, has just been, I, I, I think the biggest thing that's worked for me is, is listening and, and really being, being thoughtful with whatever, and not, not just saying, so a lot of times people will listen to someone or they'll quote unquote, be listening to them. And they're just waiting for, for, they're just waiting to speak. I think that listening to that person and really kind of digesting and processing what they say and giving a thoughtful response is, is the most important thing and, and just being empathetic to what people are saying. And it's also on, on, on the flip side, it's how you portray that to them. So voice inflection, you know, those subtle voice inflections and things like that, that you're able to do to really, um, to, to, to really uh, connect with someone definitely, definitely helps. And I, and again, I don't really know the, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know the whole thing with, um, you raise your voice if you want to do one thing or you lower your voice if you want to do something else. But, but that has just, that's been what, what has worked for me, just kind of figuring out uh, that over time and just being emotionally intelligent enough to, to figure out what, what the person is, is um, 
is looking for and how can I, how can I help them get it? How can I add value and, and how can I genuinely show them that, that, uh, that I care? I always, I always tell my clients, um, if I'm helping them to talk to brokers or helping them to raise money, you've got two ears and one mouth, two ears, one mouth. And so it's exactly what you were saying. Um, I think what you said was more impactful than, than maybe some of the listeners may have, uh, may have expected when you spend the time to hear and to understand what somebody's going through, that's when you can, that's when your response to that can make the most impact, right? I feel like there that you were right. There's a lot of people that are trying to sell things and, you know, they have their elevator pitch and they're just kind of like, you know, taking a couple of punches so that they can now punch. They're like, let's, let's have the law of reciprocity. I'm going to have you say some stuff. And now I want to say the stuff that I want to talk about. But, but with, with what you're saying and what you've done is really important. And it goes back to that story that you talked about with um, today you had a phone call with this gentleman where three years ago you advised him not to refi even though you were going to make money. So it was, it was you thinking about his agenda, not your agenda. And when you can yeah. use those two ears, one mouth, and give – feedback advice that is specific to that other person it's going to resonate with them so that three years later they call you or if it's a passive investor they um they decide you know what i like will i want to i want to invest in his deals um let me ask you yeah that, that's if, and if, yeah, I, if i could add one more thing you please, just jogged yeah, my memory yeah. so um you were, you were talking about the, the two ears, one mouth. So pe- people love to, people love to talk, you know? So some of the best meetings and, and the most fruitful meetings I've ever had are meetings where I've said like, like one word and the other person has talked the entire time. And it wasn't necessarily enjoyable for me, but because people love talking and if I'm asking them questions and getting them to talk, that they enjoy that people enjoy when you show an interest in them. And when you show that you're, you're genuinely caring and genuinely wanting to get to know them and, and, and want, want to get to know that they're uh, just what's going on in their lives, their kids, their wife, their whatever, you know, they, they, they enjoy talking about those things. And uh, so if you can get them talking about that, it just naturally kind of breaks down a barrier between you. And, uh, and, and, and helps to build trust in my opinion. Yeah. So take me back to when you're working with that woman and it was before CEO capital partners and, and she was really good at underwriting and she wanted to be, you know, in closed doors and just do her thing and, and do it really well. Yep. And you were more of the type of person that just loves people, loves to hang out with people, loves to get to know people. And it was really natural for you to get out and start talking to brokers. So um, based on this experience and the topic that we're talking about today, talking about connecting with people, talking about how it helped you, you know, with your, with doing a, doing better in mortgages. And it also has helped you raise money for the 500 plus um, residents, tenants that are paying you every single month. So what I want to move into is number three, 
um, which is, is just kind of talking to brokers. So how do, we, how do we put all of this together and help the listener who's had a lot of challenges? Because that's exactly what I see is listeners will give me a call. And one of the, one of the main things that they'll ask me is um, brokers aren't taking me seriously. Brokers aren't sending me deals. Uh, brokers don't want to talk to me. Yeah. Uh, bro- they're hanging up on me. They're sending me um, crappy deals from <laughs> whatever LoopNet or whatever. And so there is a real struggle with finding deals right now and communicating with brokers. And I think your, uh, your skill can help those people who are really struggling with that right now. So would you kind yeah. of try to sum that up on how, how can we just be better having a relationship with a real estate broker in order to have them send us deals. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was first getting started, I remember um, what one way that I, and I, and I think I had a little bit of a leg up because being in the mortgage business, 99% of where you get your business for are realtors. So I kind of had that now, obviously commercial brokers different than a, than a residential real estate agent, but it was still, I, I was constantly just going out for lunches and coffees with, with realtors. So I had a little bit of an advantage, uh, but, but not a huge one. It was, it was apples and oranges. When, when I talked about, I, I, I thought that brokers would take me seriously because of the houses I owned. I was like 24, 25 at the time and figured they'd take me seriously. And they didn't give a crap about the houses. They were okay. just like, how, how many, uh, how many apartments do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, none, but look at these houses and I'm only, you know, I'm young. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't care about that. So what I did to, to uh, kind of beat them to that objection was it, it would be the first thing I would say when I, when I talked to them, you know, I'd, I'd call them and, and I was just very confident in myself. And I would say, Hey, look, I don't, I don't own any apartments right now. And I know you get these calls all the time, but I've been able to accomplish this in a few years, own a few properties. And the, the natural progression is going to, uh, is going to be to move into apartments. So um, I, I was just, I would say that it was just confidence and, and being truthful. You know, I was, I was truthful. I wasn't one of those that that uh, I, I think a lot of people, they might know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who owns a hundred unit apartment building. And then they say, well, we have a hundred units and we, you know, and uh, I, I was just very truthful where, where I said, look, I, I don't, I've been in a high paying uh, career. I've been in the mortgage business and I have, I have connections. I am new to this, but here's, here's why you should take, take a lunch. First off, I'm going to pay for it. So it's going to be, it's going to be a free lunch. So if you don't get any, any value uh, in the meeting, you'll at least get a free lunch. And, and, uh, and I found that that, that worked. And I got, I got a lot of brokers to meet with me based off that. These five steps are amazing. Will, I, I put you on the spot and you came up with the exact formula that people need to do it's and it's it's perfect this is one of my favorite uh episodes so far just because of what you just said about talking to brokers and you say you must say that to everybody that comes on here (laughs) go listen to all 300 400 episodes i appreciate that i really do all right so here's the here's the five steps number one confidence is huge just just 
not arrogance, but just understanding who you are and that you, you, you're worth something because some people are nervous and shy and they back down from that. So number one, confidence, huge. Number two, you overcome objections in the beginning. I loved hearing that because what, um, do you remember eight mile with, um, yeah, of course, Eminem. eight mile, Eminem. Uh, so Marshall Mathers in eight mile, uh, slim shady in eight mile. He starts out his, um, one of his raps where they're going against each other. Yep. And he's like, he's, he's like lives in a trailer He's one of the only white rappers. He's whatever. You he know, basically he's brings his... up all the bad things about himself. Yep. He brings it up. And exactly. when you can bring it up with confidence, overcome the objections like, hey, I haven't been into this for very long. But you say, hey, I know I haven't been into this very long. I know I haven't done this. I know I live in a trailer. Right. But uh, it's fine. And then there's a little bit of NLP in step three. Neuro linguistic programming. Yep. It's almost like hypnotic suggestions. As you're saying, the natural progression is to move into apartments. So, step three, you just say the natural progression is to move into apartments, which can sound like you're just thinking to yourself that that's the nat your natural progression. But the interesting thing is what it does subliminally, subliminally to, your, uh, to that broker. He, he's going to start nodding his head. Yeah, that is true. That is the natural progression. Okay, he needs to move into apartments. And so now he's thinking, how can I help this guy? Be, yeah. If you're someone else, if you, if you don't have the same approach, they're not going to be thinking like, okay, this is the natural progression. So this is just complete genius stuff that you're coming up with. I love it. Confidence, overcoming it. the objections in the beginning uh, and then just letting them know that the natural progression for you as a 24-year-old back then uh, with your 20-plus houses or whatever it was, uh, the natural thing for you to do, the natural progression is for you to move into apartments. And then, and then uh, number four is you talked about honesty and integrity, just being real, being you, not trying to fake it till you make it, which yep. is what others are teaching, and um, just how – obvious it is when people say uh my partners combined we're like around 100 exactly you know and so you just be you just you just are you you are who you are and you don't need to you, you don't need to go outside of it which shows more confidence in you and the fifth one is you talk about paying for lunch you're like hey look i'm gonna pay for lunch let's get together and at worst the worst thing is you get a free lunch out of it yeah but you know, Will, as soon as you can sit down with them and have a conversation with them with confidence and overcoming those objections and sitting down and, and paying for their lunch, you know that they're going to want to be in your corner. They want to be in the 24-year-old, 25-year-old, 26-year-old's corner and help them do the natural progression. I love those five things that you stated. Amazing. I we're going to get into the final – speaking of five, yeah. we're going to get into the final five. Uh, so quick – a uh, quick word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Adam Adams, and I want to take a second to say thank you to one of our sponsors. Now, if you've tried to earn a full-time income flipping houses the traditional way, you know it takes a lot of money. Putting 10 or 20% down on each house adds up fast. Plus, you could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars if you get caught 
holding a few houses when the market crashes. Well, what if I told you that there was a better way to flip houses, a way that didn't require much upfront capital, a way that made it easy to find more fix and flip deals than you could even handle, and best of all, a way that insulated you from losing all your money in a market crash. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a simple way to quit your job and flip houses full-time. It's called Fix and List Deal. Eric Young used the strategy to quit his job, double his income, and become a self-made house flipper in less than a year. Eric's a real estate investor located in Denver, and he's perfected the Fix and List strategy over the last four years, and he's got a free giveaway. Learn how you can implement the Fix and List strategy by watching Eric's free video lessons at fixandlistsecrets.com. It may just change your life. And we're back with Mr. Will Harvey. Will, what's the most creative deal you've ever done? The most creative deal I've ever done is one where I had my dad, uh, I had my dad co-sign because at the time I was, I was actually making good money, but I didn't have a two-year history. So I had my dad co-sign and I bought this, uh, it's crazy, I, it was a $400,000 rental. Um, but I, I moved into it, but after I moved out, um, while I was there, I was, I was doing Airbnb and I had a tenant in the other room. Once I moved out, I got a tenant to come in, uh, and rent the, um, basically the entire house, except for the Airbnb I had, which was in the lower level bedroom. So I was bleeding though. I made this deal with her. It was horrible because I was under contract to buy another house and I had to get a tenant in there. So I uh, made a horrible deal for myself. But once, once that was, once that lease was up, what I did was instead of getting someone in there, I leased out the bedrooms separately and kept doing the Airbnb and it's, it's, it's perfect. And it, and it cash flows well now where I was in the red, I was bleeding a little bit. Now I'm, now I'm in the green on the other side. So by, by getting creative and kind of applying what I, what I knew and had learned about apartments to a, uh, that's a townhouse. Um, I was able to to get it to cash flow. Yeah, that's uh, what I love about your creative deal is it's exactly what I try to share on this podcast is that creative real estate isn't just about like doing a subject to or doing a lease option. It's about right. creating a deal. Being creative is create to is to create something. Is to be able to think outside the box. Is to be able to look at a problem and figure out a solution like an engineer would. You reverse engineer the problem, you figure out um, what the end result is, and then, and then you put together the right solution. And for you, you had this single family uh, townhouse, and it wasn't really cash flowing. It was basically in the red. And then you said to yourself, like, how can I? Well, if I, if I put in multiple tenants at a time, use, utilize Airbnb, um, maybe, that'll, maybe that'll become a deal. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now you're cash flowing great. So really appreciate you kind of going into that. It's all about having the most amount of tools in your tool belt. Yeah, uh, it, a hammer right. doesn't always work. Sometimes you need a screwdriver. Sometimes you need a saw. Sometimes you need a sledgehammer. Exactly. You never know. I love that. Okay, so what is a book that you recommend to the listener? I love the book, Never Split the Difference. I think that's a great book. It's by, I believe, Chris Voss. Uh, it's, it's a great book. It's about negotiating, but, but it's, but it's even, it's, it, it goes beyond that. It's a great book. Yeah. Um, Chris is a very interesting fellow. Um, got to have him at one of our masterminds and that was oh, no kidding. very cool. 
to just kind of uh, Rod Cleef was there um, asking him. Uh, he said, "So tell me, tell me what it, you mean about tell tell these guys what you mean about the last three words." He goes, "The last three words," and Rod Cleef is like, "Oh yeah, I mean this, this, and this, and this," and. I just started busting up laughing. I'm all, he just did it on you, Rob. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's <laughs> – Anyway, Chris is a good he's guy. He's literally a professional nego- hostage negotiator. Yeah, so yeah. He's someone to listen to. Yep. Uh, never split the difference. You also mentioned Malcolm Gladwell's something about the 10,000 hours. Um, certainly, yeah. I've never read that myself, but I've heard other people bring it up. So I think I, the book is actually called Outliers. Outliers? Okay. Yep. Well, Great after book. this, I'm – I've I've read Never Split the Difference multiple times, but I've never read the Ten Thousand Hours book Outliers. But with, yep. but I will definitely look that up. So two great books. Thank you for Absolutely. bringing them both up. Um, will take me back. I know you've been in the real estate industry for around four years now, and uh, you're still in your twenties. But back when you were barely twenty one years old, right. five years ago. I want to know, I know you weren't in real estate. So what were you doing? What were you thinking? What were you worried about? What did you think you would do? Um, Did you, were you wanting to get into real estate? Like what was going through your mind five years ago? And then after you answer that, all I want to know is where you plan to be five years from today. So five years ago, I was actually, I was actually at a school playing, uh, playing football. I was at a school in Ohio, Ohio Dominican university playing, playing football. And I had no clue or desire to get into real estate. Uh, but fast forward, right when I got into the mortgage business, I had double hip surgery and got home, uh, got, got, uh, got surgery and came home. And that's when I got into the mortgage business. Very soon after, I knew that real estate was what I was, what I was going to be doing long term. So five years, that's five years ago. Five years from now, oh man, that's such a good question. I would say continue to what here's what I'm looking forward to. I I got into the business when everything was uh when everything was pretty hot and pretty sought after at least in the in the apartment world. Um so my hope and I know this doesn't this is kind of I I'm naturally a contrarian so this is a little bit a little bit dark and a little bit gloomy but I'm looking forward to a a downturn when prices drop when cap rates open up a bit and uh maybe some people give the properties back to the bank uh i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that because i i really like warren buffett i like how he's how he's purchased he's he's always gone with the value add model with all the businesses he's done and he advocates uh to to buy when there's blood in the streets you know buy Buy when everybody else is is uh, is is selling, and sell when everybody else is buying. So, that's that's what I'm looking for, and I think it, w- w- within the next uh, in the next few years, we should get a at least a softening of of the demand. What's one way you give back? So my mom started a, a nonprofit helping Haitian angels. It's an orphanage in Haiti, started in 2008, and uh, it's it's pretty awesome. So helpinghaitianangels.org is the website. The website is helpinghaitianangels.org. Yep, helping Haitian. Haitian is spelled H-A-I-T-I-A-N. So helpinghaitianangels.org. That'll be in the show notes. So you can just scroll down. If you're listening right now, just scroll down and you can go to helpinghaitianangels.com. You don't even need to worry about how to spell it. (laughs) Dart. 
Thank you. Dot org. So you don't even know, need to know how to spell it. Just scroll down and the link is there. Um, How do people find you? What is the one way that they find you or get a hold of you? They can email me, will at ceocapitalpartners.com. Uh, or they can listen to our, our podcast, Wealth Junkies. So we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, all that stuff. So Perfect. So they can, they can either connect. go to Wealth Junkies um, on just wherever they're listening to this podcast, yep. or they could email you directly at will at ceocapitalpartners.com. That's it. Awesome. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, my friend, think outside the box. This is Jason J. Lou Lewis, co-host of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I want to say it's an absolute honor to have you as a listener, and we thank you for tuning in today. We also want to thank our sponsor, FixAndListSecrets.com. They have that great free video lesson, and in that video lesson, you will learn to never struggle to find or fund your next fix and flip deal again. Learn how to flip houses without ever taking out a mortgage or a hard money loan. You can now flip houses full-time and not have the risk of losing money in a real estate market crash. There's a simple way to flip houses full-time, and this is it. Visit FixAndListSecrets.com. See you on our next episode.